On today's broadcast of Graceful Truth, we continue our look at living the life of a disciple, what that would look like. And as we'll see today, it's more about relationships than anything else. Here's Pastor Steve Converse to begin our time together on this edition of Graceful Truth. You know, the New Testament church didn't get together once and say, okay, do we really have to do this again? Or, you know, let's just do it once a week. How's that? Sunday. We'll do it just Sunday and then, you know, anything else that's... No, they didn't do that. So they went house to house. They went daily. They gathered together daily. We're lucky if, if, if we can get the body of Christ together once a week on Sunday. Let alone Wednesday night or you know, whenever else. I mean, it's just, it's just too hard. God wants us to get together. God wants us to, and not just in church settings, in homes and in fellowships and all sorts of different things. That's what he desires us to do. Love is something every Christian should have. Love is something that comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not a self-generated kind of love. This is something that God gives you. Love does not cause others to stumble. Love corrects wrong behavior. Love covers sins. Love results in action. Love casts out fears and imparts courage. You know, love is really a debt that we have to pay to one another and to the Lord. From Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City, greetings and welcome to today's broadcast of Graceful Truth. Today, we turn our thoughts and attention once again to this idea of discipleship. What does it mean to live the life of a Christian? What does it look like? How does it flesh out on a day-to-day basis? Well, as we'll see today, as we begin our time together, part of that equation includes prayer, conversation, not only with one another, but with God himself. And from there, we move on to understand that it is community involved as well. Won't you join us with this edition of Graceful Truth now? Again, from Grace Bible Church in Redwood City, our teacher and pastor now, once again, is Pastor Steve Converse. So a disciple is somebody who is ready to learn, ready to grow. Second thing that they said there in Acts was a, a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ, is also to be a praying disciple, one who prays. You know, one of the reasons that the New Testament church was so passionate in their faith was that they had an incredible uh, prayer time together. Prayer is not a time where we, you know, get down on our knees and crawl off to some forest that we don't know or whatever. This is a very intimate time. It's a very personal time. And we often say in our church that prayer is, is not just something we do. It's an attitude of life. That's why Paul says, pray always. If you have that attitude of total dependence on God, you can do that. True prayer is when we, our wills are aligned with God's will. And then we pray accordingly. It's good to keep those lines of communication open. The disciples called to be, follower of Jesus is called to be a man or woman, child of prayer. Because prayer does a couple things. First of all, it increases our spiritual knowledge and our spiritual maturity. God speaks to us through his, through prayer and through his word. As a matter of fact, you can't even really begin to understand the depths of God's Word without going to God and asking Him in prayer, help me out here. This is incredible. This isn't just another novel that somebody wrote. This is the, the, the living Word of God. Prayer also transforms us. 2 Corinthians 3.18 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. 
When we, when we come to God in prayer, it's, it's, it's part of the process that transforms us into what we should be. We are entering His throne room of grace to receive mercy and help for whatever we need at that time. Hebrews 4.16 tells us that. Ken, you said this, prayer is like time exposure to God. Our souls function like photographic plates. And Christ's shining image is the light. The more we expose ourselves to the white, hot sun of His righteous life, the more His image will be burned into our character. That happens through prayer. Prayer also helps us overcome our worry and our fear. We looked at that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, with prayer and supplication, make your requests be made known unto God. As you do that, what happens? The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will fill your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's so important for us to understand that. That we don't have to walk through this world weighed down with a, a bunch of stuff that we can't do anything about. That's what worry is. Seriously, the last time you were worrying about something, you stop and think about it, you put yourself back in that situation. The reason you were worrying about something is because you had no control over the circumstances. Why would you worry about it? It'd be like walking out to your car and saying, man, I'm just so worried it won't start. I just don't know what to do. I'm just so worried it won't start. And you go back in the house and your wife goes, what's wrong? I'm just worried the car won't start. Well, did you try? Well, no, but I'm just worried it won't start. So you never try to start it. It'd be silly. Well, God has clearly told us that we need to bring our requests, we, bring, we bring, need to bring our, our, our needs, our fears, whatever we have to Him. And you know what? He, he, he takes that away. He takes that worry away. He takes that fear away. Why? Because He reinforces to us His, sovereign, his, his sovereignty and his, his providence. We begin to realize, you know what? This circumstance I'm in right now, as much as I don't want to be in it, God has me in it for whatever purpose. And so I need to learn to embrace it and ask God through prayer for the strength to get with it. See, I think so many, so many times we go to prayer and we go to God and, and our first thing off our lips is, God, deliver me. Please deliver me from this burden that I have. And, and God's up there saying, ain't going to happen. Not today, pal. And you say, why? Because you haven't learned what I'm trying to teach you. Be like a coach with an athletic team, football team, they get out on the field. You know, I'm sure that Stanford will be doing some extra drills this next week, but if you saw that game yesterday. But, uh, uh, you know, when they get out there, I mean, I'm sure the coach is not just going to say, well, you know, let's just, let's just give up. Don't worry about it. You know, we'll just go into next week. No, he's going to work them harder. He's going he's gonna to make them really feel pain this next week to hopefully teach them some form of discipline and lesson in running their plays and, and doing what they're supposed to be doing on the field. He's not just going to give in. And sometimes we just want God to give in. Just deliver me from this. And the players could say, hey, I don't want to do these extra things and stuff. You know, sorry, I, I didn't sign up for this. Well, then, you know, there's the door. Sometimes we have to remember that. Prayer also and the Word are weapons in spiritual warfare that we face every day. Sometimes we don't even know it. Ephesians 6, verse 18. God's Word and prayer are, are instruments that God has given us 
in this war we're in. And also prayer keeps us pure. We go to God in prayer, 1 John 1, 9. If we, are, we, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He's what? Just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. I was so blessed the other day at, at Rose's husband's funeral because when the pastor got up and shared in a very distinct Italian accent, I'll say. But the gospel came through ringing loud and clear. I was just in the background, praise God, preach brother, preach brother, this is great. You know, and I thought, man, I'm looking at this room of people and I'm thinking, boy, you know, any other time, this, this is a time that they need to hear this. Prayer keeps us pure when we come to Him and we confess our sins. There's a little thing there. You've all seen it before. Acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. But the last thing I want to look at today is that if you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, then that involves being a loving disciple. A loving disciple. In Acts 2.42, it says that they had fellowship one with another. They had fellowship one with another. And the word there, obviously, is koinonia. And it can be translated in a lot of different ways. It could mean fellowship. It can mean communion. It can mean a, a distribution, contribution, partnership, uh, partakers, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can use that word. But see, our, our fellowship as Christians with one another should definitely consist of all those things, but it should also clearly consist of a love that we have one for another. I like, you know, we're going through this marriage conference thing on DVDs on Sunday nights, and, and I, th I think it was last week that the, 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 the guy was talking about the, the differences. Um, and the reason I say last week is I, I viewed them all already, so I hope I'm, I'm not getting this mixed up. But I, I think it was last week, and they said um, on the first video, he was saying, you know, that, that women need to feel love from their husbands and husbands need to sense respect from their wives and it's going back and forth. And, and he, goes, That's, he goes, men don't have a, a built-in need to be loved. doesn't mean they don't want to be loved, but it just means, you know, the first thing that a, a, when a husband and wife get in an argument or whatever, his attitude is, you know what, you just don't respect me. That's what it comes. He lands on respect. Whereas the woman, he could treat her in, a, in whatever way, even a disrespectful way, and she will always land on, you know what, you don't love me. I don't feel loved by you. And it's interesting because when you look at that, that dynamic that's there, the follower of Jesus Christ is someone who, who is to be a loving disciple. Someone who is, is to embrace other believers in the faith. And, and that idea is that we have that bond already. But I think the one point he made was he goes, sometimes the guy asks the guy, hey, does your wife like you or love you? She'll say, oh, or he'll say, sure, yeah, she loves me. She doesn't like me, <laughs> at least not today, but she loves me. There's no question in his mind that his wife loves her. But as far as being liked that day, well, that, that could go either way. And sometimes I think as believers, that's how we feel. 
we come together and it's like, okay, you got to do this thing together, potluck, whatever, okay, just get done. Da, da, da. And then, you know, it's like, oh yeah, we just love to be here. We really don't. You know, we'd rather be home sitting in front of the TV doing something else. Um, and so, you know, it's that love that we have for one another that's, it's a sacrificial kind of love is what I'm getting at. It's, it's a love that says, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'd love to be there. And, but I got this other thing, but you know what? Because it's the body of Christ, in whatever way it is, church, Sunday morning, whatever, I want to be there. I have to be there because I, I, I love you guys. That's the sense of, of the idea. You know, the New Testament church didn't get together once and say, okay, do we really have to do this again? Or, you know, let's just do it once a week. How's that? Sunday. We'll do it just Sunday and then, you know, anything else that's... No, they didn't do that. It says they went house to house. They went daily. They gathered together daily. That just blows my mind. I mean, you know, we're lucky if, if, if we can get the body of Christ together once a week on Sunday. Let alone Wednesday night or, you know, whenever else. I mean, it's just, it's just too hard. I was talking to my brother who's a pastor back east and calls once in a while on Sundays and We'll be talking in the afternoon, and he's three hours ahead. And I go, why can't I get going? You know, I, I got I got service today. I'm like, oh. And I just think, man, thank God we don't have Sunday night service. I mean, honestly, I'm just telling you, I'm just bearing my soul, you know. I'm just saying, man. How did, I said, do you do Wednesdays? Oh, yeah, we do Wednesdays and Sunday night. And, you know, we have care groups on Friday and Saturday and stuff like that. And I'm just thinking, oh. Like it ain't, ain't going to happen here in California, that's for sure. But you know what? That's sad. That's sad for somebody who's, you know, feels a call of God to be to be willing to admit that. I mean, but you know what? That's that's how I found. I just felt, boy, thank God we don't have a Sunday night service, man. I can imagine doing it all day and then and Wednesday, and then, you know, it's, it's like, what are you thinking? God wants us to get together. God wants us to, and not just in church settings, in homes and in fellowships and all sorts of different things. That's what He desires us to do. Love is something every Christian should have. Love is something that comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not a self-generated kind of love. This is something that God gives you. Uh, love does not cause others to stumble. Love corrects wrong behavior. It's hard to hear that sometimes. Sometimes as parents, that's hard to do. It's hard to correct our kids at times. Because we think, well, we, we want to be loving. You're not being loving. That's not good to just let children run awry. It's not good at all. It's anything but loving. Because love corrects wrong behavior. Love covers sins. Love results in action. Love casts out fears and imparts courage. You know, love is really a debt that we have to pay to one another and to the Lord. That's really what it is. It's a debt that God has called us to pay. Over in Romans 13, I'll close with this, verse 8. Romans 13, verse 8. He says this, Paul's writing, Romans 13, verse 8, Owe no one anything except one thing, he says, to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. 
For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. If there is any other commandment, they're all summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, therefore, love your neighbor. Or do no harm to your neighbor, love him, and you'll fulfill the law. Paul was a debtor to all men. That's what he said. And that debt was the love. Because you know what? When, when it comes down to it, beloved, not one of us deserves God's love. Not one of us deserves God's mercy. Not one of us. I don't care how good you think you are. You, I, we all deserve eternal punishment in hell forever and ever and ever based on our own sinfulness. That's what we deserve. We don't hear that too much today. Just don't hear it. You know, it's all about love. It's God loves you, you know, for God's love, the world, all this stuff. But you know what? God also has to judge sin. And we need to come to terms with that. It's not just all about love. It's about a proper understanding of a holy God and a sinful man and how we can bridge this gulf that's there, which is filled by sin. And the only way that Scripture says that that, that, that gulf was, was bridged over and, and, and taken care of was through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we put our faith, we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not in a church. Not in a man. Not in a building. We put it in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that forgives our sins. He's the one that delivers us from the wrath to come. And I pray that this morning as you sit here, that your faith, your trust isn't in being a member of Grace Bible Church or, you know, being a Sunday school teacher or being this or being that. That's irrelevant. What counts is where you put your faith. Is it in the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you truly a follower of Him? Do you see that evidence of fruit in your life, in your walk? Do you have a hunger for God's Word? Are you gathered with believers for fellowship and prayer? Or is that something you have to make yourself to do? Because if it is, you might want to examine your own heart. Because, beloved, we don't have a lot of time left. I mean, it's very clear. I mean, you just see what's going on and everything that's going on in the, the world and all sorts of things. You know, you begin to wonder, wow, is, is today the day? Could Christ come back right now? Yes, He could. He could. What a horrible thing to be sitting here looking around. I know there's a lot of empty seats here this morning, but a lot of people traveling or something, but could you imagine if all of a sudden everybody was gone? The Lord came back, took those who put His faith and trust, and you're still sitting here because you were too prideful to put your faith, to bow your knee to a sovereign God who created you and loves you. Father, we thank You this morning for Your Word. Lord, we pray that it would ring true in our hearts. I know it's basic stuff. But Lord, sometimes we need to be reminded of the basics so that we could grow stronger in You each day. Lord, I pray for each one here gathered this morning. Lord, that they would understand what it means to be not just a believer in some faith, but to be a follower of Yours, to be a disciple of Yours, because it's one and the same. 
And Jesus applied that, that, that there is a cost involved. He paid the, the debt of our sin. He paid for that. But whenever you're willing to follow someone else's leadership, there's a cost, and the cost is your own pride. Because you're willing to say, hey, I need to be led. And Lord, I pray this morning, if there's anyone here who has yet to put their faith, their trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray that you would do that work in their heart even now. Show them their need. Lord, when they look at a holy God, I pray that you would reveal the horribleness of their sin in such a way that they could not resist doing something about it. Lord, that they could not resist your call, that they would come to you and bow their knee and confess their sin. Lord, I pray for believers here as well. I pray that you would continually build us up as you build us more and more each day into the likeness of your Son, Jesus Christ. I ask that you would do that work in a mighty way. And Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Well, it's our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. We trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. And we meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade 5. If you would like to encourage us here at the Graceful Truth Program, please give us a call at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. The phone number is 650-366-9923. Or you can visit us on the web at gracefultruth.org. Now, in just a couple of weeks, we'll be celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior through our Easter celebrations. To spend a few minutes with us in closing now to tell us a bit about what's going on at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City and how you can contact us if you'd like any of the messages you've heard here on the program. Once again, here's our teacher and pastor, Steve Converse. Thanks, Andy. I'd just like to share a few brief thoughts with our listening audience as we close out today's program. I trust that these last two messages on discipleship have been a real blessing to your hearts as we've come to understand together what it means to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. If you've been listening to our programs the past several weeks and would like to review these messages, please feel free to go online at our website, gracefultruth.org. All the aired messages are online and available for your streaming or download at no charge to you. Once again, that's gracefultruth.org. If you don't have internet access and would still like to review some of these messages, please feel free to call us for a CD here at Graceful Truth, 2225 Euclid Avenue, Redwood City, California, 94061. Once again, that's Graceful Truth, 2225 Euclid Avenue, that's E-U-C-L-I-D, Redwood City, California, 94061. And we'd love to be able to send you out a copy of the messages on CD at no charge to you. Please specify the date of the message that you would like to hear. And also, if you can include a small donation to cover the shipping charges, that would be very much appreciated.
You can also call us here at Graceful Truth, 650-366-9923. Once again, that's 650-366-9923. And we encourage you to leave your mailing information and contact information, and we'll be sure to mail you any of the messages that you request that have blessed your hearts. In closing, I just want to remind us that it's the time of the year when we as followers of Jesus Christ, the church, are looking forward to the coming celebration of not only the death and sacrifice of Jesus Christ on our behalf, but also his glorious resurrection three days later. We'd like to invite you out to our Good Friday service, April 22nd at 6.30 p.m. here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We plan on having a wonderful time of worship and teaching from God's Word, as well as a time of communion together as the body of Christ. That's 6.30 p.m., April 22nd, Good Friday, here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We'll also be having our Resurrection Sunday service at 10 a.m. on Easter Sunday. Once again, thanks for listening to Graceful Truth each weekend, and it would be a wonderful encouragement to us to hear from you about how this program has been a blessing to your hearts. Please contact us on the web at gracefultruth.org. That's gracefultruth.org, or you can call us here at Graceful Truth, 650-366-9923. 650-366-9923. Our address, once again, to request the uh, CDs on discipleship is Graceful Truth, 2225 Euclid Avenue, Redwood City, California, 94061. We here at Graceful Truth will be praying for you and your family that you may have a wonderful and glorious Resurrection Sunday together as we celebrate our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, thank you very much, Steve. By the way, the address he gave you, 2225 Euclid Avenue here in Redwood City with the zip code of 94061, can also be used as a means to join us for worship. Simply Google that address or stick it into your TomTom or whatever GPS unit you're using, and it'll lead you right to where we're at. And we'd love to have you join us for worship. Thank you so much for spending time with us today, and we look forward to seeing you next week at this same time for another broadcast of Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse.